0: Bye. <laughs> to Bound By Books, where we talk all things books, writing, and craft. I am one of your hosts, Sherry Hayes, and I am joined today by Marianne Marea.
1: Hi, everybody. Nice to be here.
0: Well, Marianne, how are you doing today? I know you're uh, you're struggling with some allergies.
1: I am, so I've got my, my tissue, but... <laughs> um just call me sneezy today Uh, (laughs) i'll be sneezy today
0: (laughs) oh well it is it's uh it's that season i know my allergies have been uh flaring up every now and then and i'm like oh the headache that just you can't focus you know the
1: I know, yeah. I, and and I took a Claritin last night about one a.m. and you know I woke up this morning I was like oh I have to take another one and my daughter was like you're only allowed to take one of those every twenty four hours and I was like oh my god it's not working so I checked the box to make sure it wasn't expired and it's not it's just my allergies are
0: just flared it's, up they're
1: in Olympic mode right
0: now <laughs> oh wow wow so. how, how how is your writing going currently what are you um, working on.
1: I am I'm I'm about halfway through the sirens mate, which should have been done months and months ago, but it's it's I'm about halfway done. And it's kind of like I'm at that point where the plot line is actually clicked. And it's like things are things are moving yeah. along. So I'm hoping I can get finished with the book in about 10 days, you know, that if always. I can get that done. Because then I, I have to I have a couple of others that I need to start. I was going to work on two at a time, but um, my dad's been sick, as you and I were discussing before we, we hit record. And right. I had to fly to Florida to, to, for about 10 days to, to see to him. So that kind of threw a monkey wrench into a little bit of, of, uh, of writing time. But I'm back in the saddle. So, yeah,
0: so it's always yeah. something. yeah because i i know that uh we had talked we kind of touched base about a month ago we were talking about our our writing projects in our group and you were like oh i'm hoping i can get it uh get it published by the end of march beginning of april and um do you have Uh, a, a rough publication date you're thinking you're shooting for now
1: i'm thinking i'm probably going to um I'm going to aim for the middle of, I mean, today's already the fourth. I was going to aim for the middle of April to get it to my editor, which is a good segue into what we are discussing today, isn't
0: yes, it? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We are, we are discussing editing and editors today and of what you should look for, what you should avoid. Uh, but we're going to start with this topic. We thought we would start uh For those who are maybe new to the writing world, um, or aspiring authors, to kind of talk about the different types of editors, absolutely, and because there are not all editors are created equal, not just in whether they're good or not, (laughs) but also in the types of edits that they are doing for you, the services they're performing for you as an author, and as with everything else, the type of edit they're performing is going to determine how much they are going to charge you for that edit.
1: Yes, they are definitely a necessary evil, and I remember back in the day, there used to be a publication, and it might even be online now, it used to be called Editors and Predators, Mm. and it was a guide for new authors as to which, um, publishing which editing houses and even publishing houses to that to an extent that you should stay away from that did not have a good reputation Mm -hmm. um of course in the indie world most of those had to do with trad publishers and trad editors Mm -hmm. and so forth but um in the indie world you know it's usually um word of mouth and getting references from from you know, author friends on where to go. And Mm. you know, um, so let's let's uh let's talk about it. You take the you take the first one.
0: Okay. So probably the most common editor, type of editor that in my opinion, every author should have. Um (laughs) I know there's that I know there's that controversial thing out there of you know self-editing and publishing without hiring a professional editor. I happen to be very against that uh, because I don't think no matter how good of an editor you are personally at catching you know your own mistakes, you have read this thing a million times if you're if you're self-editing and you are going you know what it's supposed to say yeah. you know in your head what it's supposed to say and you're gonna miss stuff I mean there are things I've read you know I can read a sentence ten times and. I may think it's things and I may be missing a word. Um, Your brain automatically fixes that. Your brain automatically fixes it. It's just a human thing. And Mm -hmm. so I Mm -hmm. am fully in the camp that you need to have what are called either copy editors or line editors. And they are slightly different, but usually when you hire a copy editor, they also do line edits. That's also kind of included in the package that they give you. And- they're basically, what they're basically looking for is sentence structure, and spelling and grammar. And when I say sentence structure, we'll kind of get into the difference between that and a different type of editor, yep. but sentence structure, when I say like, if you have, they're looking like if you have an awkward sentence, you know, that maybe you need Clunky. some, you know, it needs to be some tweaking or, you know, twisting it around or something. Maybe you think it makes sense in your head, but it when you read it, it's like, it's like if your editor has to read it five times to figure out what you're saying, then maybe you need to reword it, that kind of stuff. They'll flag that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But mostly 99% of it is going to be spelling and grammar, though. 99% of it. Yeah,
1: for me, I mean, I I always talk, uh, I always attribute that to when clunky sentences Mm -hmm. and ones that don't make the beat of how of the yeah. pacing that you've got going on in your story, you know, there, yeah. there's a, there's a, a natural flow and a natural beat to the way, to how many words should be in a you know, in a you know, in what you're saying and how you break it up. And it always goes in conjunction, at least as, a, as far as I can tell, um, mm-hmm. in my own experience yeah. in how, how, how you need to take a, allow the reader to take a breath. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and ha- and also how you break it up with um, maybe some shorter, shorter staccato sentences and then a longer sentence. You know, th- that's what I mean mm-hmm. by beats, you know, to to kind of yeah. have a natural rhythm.
0: But yeah, because we don't we don't start when we're, when we're talking naturally. We don't we don't always say he did this. She did that. Mm-mm. They went there. Right. You don't you don't stop People don't talk like that and they don't like to read that way it's fine to say she went to the store but your next sentence shouldn't be exactly the same type of beats there should be a flowing rhythm up and down that it's more appealing to a reader and that's the type of thing that a a copy editor line editor is going to look at look for however if there is a lot of issues with that If that also includes some issues with like, if they also, if you send it to a copy editor and they read your story and they're like, this really needs a lot of work. Like there's plot holes in here. There's your sentence structures all over the place. It doesn't have a good flow. They are most likely going to recommend that you use a developmental editor.
1: Right. A developmental editor, as far as I'm concerned, um, is someone who's going to help you flesh out your story. It's going to help Mm -hmm. you flesh out the beats. It's going to help you flesh out your plot, um, your your character arcs, and um, point out the pacing also and how you can how you can can keep the reader engaged and whether or not your chapters and your scenes are moving your story forward that they're not just there for Mm -hmm. you know for page filler or gratuitous you know gratuitous words right
0: right and you don't have any contradictions like you don't have your character you know as you know blonde-haired blue-eyed in (laughs) your first chapter when you're introducing them and then suddenly they're a redhead
1: well, that would, I, I think that would probably fall under copy in line. You know, developmental, developmental is more plot driven as far, you know, at least yeah. in, in my experience. I mean, when I first started out, oh, reaching, reaching, I had an editor point, give this to me. It was called mm-hmm. sharpening the quill and it's, it just, it was a PDF and I don't know where she got it from for all I know. It's plagiarized. I have no idea, um, but she gave it to me. Um, and she said that it was basically the mechanics of writing and this mm-hmm. is like was like a primer um, like this is like writing 101 <laughs> and um, it was it was all of the all of the things that editors the red flags that they look for including um, passive voice which is you know uh, saying using a lot of L ly adverbs mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> or too many gerunds, you know, like ING, you know, was going, you know, mm-hmm. was falling, was was saying, you know, that type of thing, and that you need more of an active voice in what you're in, in the way you're writing or what Margie Lawson, who is, uh, she's like my guru when it comes to um teaching you how to get the most bang out of your writing in terms of being more evocative and and having uh, your characters ha- be as emotive as possible um, what she refers to as fresh writing you know where it's 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 not the the same humdrum get the job done type of writing it's interspersed with fresh writing things that catch your eye that are like oh that phrase is so you know it, it's just it's you, you want to just you just want to bite it it's so juicy you know what i mean i don't mean spicy i mean just like it's it's said in a way that is new and fresh so um so that's what what i think of when i think of developmental uh, a developmental editor I,
0: I think i guess for me when i think of a development editor, again i i think it's a it's a matter of the the level and the severity of the edits needed, because to me, if it's a minor point here and there of you know sentence structures off or um, a minor plot hole, even something like that, then usually a copy editor will just flag it for you, and then you can go in and you can fix it. But if it's if it's riddled throughout your entire manuscript of you know either a huge plot hole or several small plot holes. You've got characters that just aren't consistent. Your sentence structure is things because the developmental editors that I have known, um, they will work with you to literally tear your story apart and rebuild it back, you know, with you again. Like they, they'll go through it chapter by chapter, line by line, if need be to help you construct a very well-rounded story but again you still have to have copy edits after the developmental edit because if you have to have a developmental edit you still are going to need because they're not really focusing on it's not that they're not going to catch the you know some of the grammar stuff but they're not focused on that they're focused on the story how it flows your plot and And the overall arc of the story they're not focused on those little like do you have the comma in the right place no
1: that and that i don't even think a line editor i mean they might line line editors copy editors but that's more for a proofreader too is to make sure that the punctuation is correct um you know, and that there's nothing really missing, I guess, in some, in some respects, some of the, some of the jobs do overlap.
0: Yeah, because when, in
1: my, when I have my editor look at things, my editor will let me know that if something's clunky, but also she'll let me know if there are some, if there are some loose ends that I didn't tie up, mm-hmm. you know, I bring something in up in a, in the, in one of the conflicts that I've got, because there's always the main conflict and then sub conflicts that mm-hmm. are going on. If, if I didn't tie one up, you know, mm-hmm. at, at, towards the end. Um, so there is some overlap, but it, but a developmental mm-hmm. editor is probably the most expensive editor you will ever oh, yes. have in your life because of the, the the weight of what you're asking them to do. They're, you're asking them to help you develop your story, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and uh, they could run as much as 50, 50 or, or plus dollars an hour, mm-hmm. you know, to help you, to help yeah. you. Um, whereas I think, um, th- you know, proofreaders are the low man on the totem pole. Not that they're not that they're low because they are, they are a necessary evil as well. Um, my, the way that I do things is you tend to, you can't have a one-stop shop. You need to have more than one person Mm -hmm. with a set of eyes on it. You can't have the person who's your copy slash line editor also do your proofreading because their eyes are going to become accustomed to it or, you know, or blind to the mistakes that you have. You need somebody with a fresh set of eyes to do your proofreading, and, you know, so, right. you know, which will bring us to the, you know, I think the, the natural break as to, you know, what are some red flags? that you look for um, when you're looking to hire an editor, you know, and what things that are not just red flags, but what things you should expect.
0: Right. You know, right. Well, first of all, if you're looking for an editor, the best thing to do is ask for recommendations and not just one, or like if somebody says, Oh, this, this is, this is the editor I use. I love this person. You should use this person. That's fine. That's great. Take that as a recommendation. But I would recommend it's kind of like how they tell you if you're going to get get work done on your house that you can, should get a minimum of three three bids. Um, this isn't quite the same, but you should audition at least three people. Yep. For your editor. Yep. And what I mean by audition is you should reach out to them and ask. And most editors, if most respectful editors, we will put it that way, will offer you a sample edit to do a sample edit for you. Now, they're not going to do your whole manuscript for free, but they will usually do a page or up to a thousand words mm-hmm. of an edit. So you can see what type of edits you will be getting for what you will be paying them. You know what how they do it and it's really important that you see that and if they if they say no i don't do sample edits
1: it's a red big flag red
0: flag mm-hmm. big red flag because if they're confident in their work they should be willing to do a sample edit for you to give a new client the opportunity to see i mean there's no one of the first things that when, for those of you who have been listening for a while, you know, you may know that my husband is a, um, is a woodworker. And one of the first things that clients, potential clients ask is they want to see his work. Mm-hmm. They want to see the quality of his work so that, you know, they can see what they would be getting if they purchased, you know, if they purchased something from him, this is no different you you need to see what type it is and for a multitude of reasons not only do you need to see how detail oriented they are but you also need to see the the vibe that they're they're putting off because some authors are they like harsh criticism and some authors like to kind of be cuddled a little bit um with their which if you're a more in the coddling thing, I would highly recommend you get a little thicker skin because as soon as your book hits hits the the bookshelves, uh, the the internet bookshelves and reviews start coming in, you will get negative reviews whether you have the best book in the world or not. So, um, and honestly, I personally would rather have an editor tell me that something sucks so that I can fix it before it goes out to like the world, then to just tell me, oh, everything's great. It was so awesome. And not tell me, it's like, oh, your book is fine. It doesn't need anything. I just, just some minor stuff here or there. No,
1: that doesn't exist. <laughs> no, that doesn't exist. I actually exist.
0: had, I will say I had, I will not, I will, we'll keep names out of it. They actually had an experience. I had the same editor for years and I, um, she was an. she was one of my editors when uh, I was published with a small press, and when that small press closed its doors, um, I continued to use her. She went she went freelance, and I continued to use her. Loved her. She was awesome. She told it like it is. We didn't always see eye to eye on on every edit, you know, recommendation that she gave me. But she marked, you know, she marked everything. She would tell me this doesn't make sense. Or, you know, I really think you should maybe use this word instead of this word. It's just better for explaining what you want. It's great. I mean, she would send me my manuscript back and it would it would have red all over it, which, you know, is fine. It's what it thinks, because, first of all, spelling and doing your job, (laughs) uh, exactly. Well, spelling and grammar are my weakness plot is not I mean I'm I'm very good at plot and storytelling but the spelling and grammar stuff it I suck at it I just do I always have I just suck at it so um I expect for a line slash copy editor to 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 literally mark up my story so she ended up when um when COVID started wearing its ugly head and Creates turning the world crazy. Um, she had to. Uh, she had to go back to work because, of course, authors and, cre- and creatives across the globe were having trouble um, creating. They were, you know, they were they were getting writer's block because they weren't uh, they weren't able to focus on their stories and they weren't producing as much to um, to publish. And so she ended up having to go and get a full time job. And she tried to do some freelance stuff on the side, but it just wasn't enough to like, it was, it was conflicting with her, her home life and her job and she just wasn't able to dedicate the amount of hours so she stopped freelancing. So when I had a new book. I was stuck trying to find a new editor. I went the recommendation routes. I um, I actually had her recommend somebody and I had somebody else recommend somebody else like okay, so I ended up the person I ended up using I actually did not do what I we talked about recommending. I did not get a sample. I did not ask for any of that because again it was a recommendation by some people that I trusted and I hated it I, 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 I the edit was was subpar in my opinion, especially to what I was used to uh, for my previous editor. And uh, there were some other red flags um, that were down the line as to uh, wanting me to send uh, the payment uh, via friends and family on PayPal instead of her sending me an invoice, things like that. And it was Well, that's something you can
1: discuss with your, you know, if you have a relationship with your editor, Mm -hmm. um, you can always discuss how you're going to go about payment. I mean, I have author friends of, of mine who send their editor a chunk of money and then just kind of bank it you know and like you know okay when we're getting close to this you know let's you know Mm -hmm. let me know
0: but these Um, are editors that they've worked with in the past I'm assuming this is not a new editor to them and they have a history so they have a relationship they know what they're getting for what they're and what they're paying for yes and like I said in this particular case this was a a new to me editor Um, But somebody who was supposedly knew what they were doing and was good at their job. And I like I said, I ended up having to not only pay them, I ended up having to pay two other editors because I went and I had to scramble trying to get another editor to proofread it to try to catch what I felt she didn't catch. But then that proofreader still wasn't like what I, I wasn't happy, I still wasn't happy with it. I still felt that there had to be more that was missed. So I had to find a third person. So I ended up spending more money instead of just going and doing the, you know, doing the testing that uh, I really should have done at the beginning and having the sample edits. Luckily I have found another editor since then. I had it, I had another release since then and I went in search of a new editor because I was not going to use the, the one that I had used before. Um, and uh, this one, of course, I again sent it up, sent out three samples, and this one was the one that I um, I liked her edits the most. She she caught the most things, and um, you know had some notes to the side. So I was I was very happy. So thankfully, I found a new editor. Yay. Um, but do, do you do you use the same per have you been using the i same have for a really long time
1: i have uh gone through a couple of editors over the years um i have basically the same group that i use that if one is not read not available i have somebody else that i can use and when i send one to one one editor the other one will proofread for me if they you know if it's a one-stop shop you know mm-hmm. uh Passion Ink is another one; is it was one of the ones that I've used. And um, Kate, it's Kate Douglas, and she has not only herself as an editor, but she's got other people on staff as well. And then I used Ink It Out as well. Um, And uh, Shelley Peeler is wonderful, you know, with some of the things she does. Unfortunately, no one person is going to catch everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's that at least has been my experience. Even when I've read recently read trad books, they're just you know, unfortunately. If it, it, things slip through, you know, and, and they've yeah. got they've got armies of of editors. So yeah, it, it, you can't it, well, sweat it, the small stuff like that. You can't. It,
0: it's not it's not realistic to expect an editor to catch everything, because, again, they're reading a book that is even if say even if it's a let's say it's a novella and it's a 40 it's a 40,000 word novella. That's 40,000 words that they're reading. You have to think about that on that type of a scale. It's not like they're just reading a small paragraph and, you know, editing that. I mean, they're they're reading 40,000 words and trying to go through, you know, and find any errors that are in there. And they're looking for so many different things. So, but in that same respect, the things that they don't catch should be reasonable. I mean, yeah, you of course, shouldn't, you shouldn't have, you know, you shouldn't have, you know, errors on every single page. No, of course um, it not. It should be. And the really end result between.
1: and the end result that the 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 end game lies with the author as well mm-hmm. to go through it um, even even after it's been edited to read it one last time and let's face it most of us as Indies don't build in that time to mm-hmm. go in and, and read it you were usually on to the next project by the time it, you know something comes yeah. on or we're in engrossed in marketing and, and getting ready for launch that we don't read it you know uh. The fourth time that it needs to be read, um, which is why I think a lot of authors do spend time um, editing as they go along to make sure that, you know, they use other devices to help them before mm-hmm. it gets to the editor. Because a good practice, at least as far as I am concerned, is that your manuscript needs to be polished before mm-hmm. it you send it to the editor think about you sending your book to an editor the same way that you would send it out if you were querying you're not mm-hmm. going to send something that just goes right from your your brain to your fingers onto the page you know and uh, you know onto the keyboard you know you're going to have mis- misspelled words missing words and so forth because i don't know anybody who types as fast as they think you know as the story evolves in your
0: head no so
1: i mean you would you have to give it a a polish, even if it's just a cursory one before you send it to your editor. Otherwise you're sending them a mess and you expecting them to, it's like, you know, it's like having somebody come and clean your house and you don't bother to pick up your dirty underwear from in front of your bed. I mean, it's like, it's nasty, you know, just don't do that. You know,
0: just don't do that. I know uh, Danielle Bannister, one of our um, fellow co-hosts for the podcast um, she is a big fan of dictation of the word um, dictation, where it will actually read the manuscript back to you. I do that as well, and uh, she really, really likes that. So read aloud
1: yeah. function that, that that I've got on. Um, I, I do it all the time. I have it read back to me, but I have to say it can be a quagmire where you are, uh, <laughs> you know, you're just having it read it back to you a billion times, and you're tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it until that you realize you've been tweaking the same scene for days and you haven't moved on. So you have to, you know, you have to, you know, keep yourself in check that you, you, all right, get the story written and then have it read it back to you. And then you can use that, use the function as part of your polishing tool, you know, as opposed to just, just doing it um, ad nauseum.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. So that's, that kind of gives an overview of the editors but let's kind of discuss um we've told you we've discussed what they what the different types are but let's talk about what everybody wants to know in the publishing world how much is it going to cost you because that's that's always my question whenever somebody says oh you, you you need this or you need that or or you gotta have this is the greatest thing it's okay. How much is it going to cost? Because as it varies, world, though,
1: share, you know that. Oh
0: yeah, but in the indie world, especially, you know, we're we're paying for all of this ourselves. It's an investment in our own writing. So you want to go in with it to know what's, you know, what it is. So let's let's start with the developmental editor. You said that it's about fifty dollars an, an hour plus plus. Right, plus and and again. This does vary. That's the problem with editing is because it is so varied as to how much it costs. Um, As far as copy editing, line editing, I have seen on the low end, I've seen about 0.04. And on the high end, I have seen all the way up to, I think the most recently I saw somebody was asking Two cents, sane. But, um, but I have seen quite a few that are up around a penny a word. So that's a proofreader. No, this was a, a line copy editor. Oh, okay. Line copy editor. Now, proofreaders should be cheaper than that. Yep. They should um, be. Because again, 0.003
1: cents a word. Yeah. So right. less than a penny a word, you know, about a third of a cent a word for right. proofreaders. Um, and, it de- and it 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 really depends also on time, mm-hmm. because if you're going to call up an editor and say, hey, I have a proof, I have a, a pre order, and it's go- I have to have it uploaded to KDP um, in, you know, a week's time and you sending mm-hmm. them a full length novel, 80,000 words plus. You know, and you're telling them that you want them to do two passes and then have a proofreader and you're only giving them a week, you know, you're going to incur extra costs because that's like asking them to take. Yeah, it's like asking them to take somebody and plus also you have to also if you're setting them a mess as well. That it's going to take them longer to get through. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to if you send them a mess and they, it comes back and your pages are bleeding red because of the, because of all of the problems that you've had, the editor is going to turn you around and say, "Hey, you need to go through this and you need to you need to to polish this up before you send it to me." You know, mm-hmm. because it's not their job to write the book for you. It's not their job to to mm-hmm. to make sure that your the mechanics of your writing are correct. You have to have. That innate talent in yourself—you mm-hmm. um, can't expect them to do it for you. you and and if not they unless are, you're
0: paying a developmental editor. That's no. what, I mean, if yeah. you if you want that much editing, you need to have a developmental editor. And I will also say, speaking of developmental edits, those can take months.
1: Yes, they can.
0: So you 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 can't if you're if you're thinking that you need a developmental editor, you do not want to be done with the manuscript and expect to publish it next week. I
1: had a a developmental editor take a look at at the first book and the second book of my curse by blood series, because I have believed for quite a while that those two books should be merged because the first one is a long novella. It's about 44,000 words. Um, And the other one is 111,000 words. And I think that they should be merged, but I also know that in doing so, yeah, I have to make sure that there are no redundancies that I'm not already telling the reader something they already know right? Um, because the books were so separate and now I'm putting them together. You know, there, there, there is a natural tightening that has to happen. Right. Um, and, and also um, the pacing of the books have to be, have to match. So she looked at them and she said, she read them like six times each to, to try and put them together. And she was very honest with me. And she said, this is a bigger job than I expected the, you know, even though they they seamlessly pick up one where one where one leaves off, there's still a lot of um, there's a lot of emotion that needs to be um corralled and 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 moved and so forth. And she did not want to take it on because she just did not have the time to to, mm-hmm. de- to you know to devote to this. But she's reading it six times and making some of the edits that she did, um. She, I was lucky that she was just like nope because I didn't finish it. I'm not going to charge you because I really didn't mm-hmm. get into it. I'm not going to charge you because the amount of time that she spent would have probably cost about four grand.
0: Wow. So yeah, it yeah, can get it
1: very very pricey. So just don't assume. Oh, I'll just get a developmental editor. Editor. You have to make sure that you understand what you're taking on with something right. like that,
0: and understand especially if you are a new author that. It could take you 10 years to make that type of money back. Yeah. The investment back because you you do, depending on how fast you write and how quickly you cre- you know, you get a backlist, you know, uh, compiled on how marketable your books, you know, the genre of books that you're writing are. Uh, it could be years uh, before you come close before you make that 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 money back um, realistically because you have to break down you know how much are you selling that book for how much are you planning to sell that book for and what you know what are you actually going to get per book for you know after amazon takes their cut or barnes and noble whoever it is takes their cut how much are you actually getting in your pocket and then you need to take that and divide that by the, uh, you know, the cost of that, you know, of that developmental edit. However, that's one of the reasons why it kind of, you got to kind of look at what it's going to benefit you the most as an author. Um, you know, maybe if you, you know, maybe taking some craft classes, some classes on craft and creative writing would actually be better for you. Than to do a developmental edit. Maybe you can catch a lot of those things and fix them yourself before, you know, so you won't have to go the developmental edit route and you can just go directly to a copy edit. Um, But there are, you know, either that or I would recommend if you're really, really needing a developmental edit, sometimes going through a small press is the right way to go because they have developmental editors on their staff most of the time. And that way you can get the developmental edit without having to incur the cost of the developmental well, edit. Well,
1: I mean, there's costs and then there's costs because if you are going to sign with a small press, you understand mm-hmm. that they're going to do editing and they're going to have a de- you're going to have an editor assigned to you who's going to right. um, baby your book along with mm-hmm. you, you know, and help, and help bring you along, but you're also going to give them the lion's share of your royalties, Yeah, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's just,
0: it's, it's, a, it's a, but you're either so going to pay, paying you're gonna pay one for it one other. way or the other. Yeah. Yep. You're going to pay for yep. it one way or the other. You're going to pay for it up front or you're going to pay for it, you know, as you sell. So you Mecha- just have to kind of decide what you, you know, where you want to incur that cost.
1: Correct. And mechanics of writing is yeah. important. The mechanics of writing is the bread and butter of your writing. It's knowing, you know, how to, how to, to, to craft the story. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. can come up, anybody can come up with a great idea for a plot. It's actually fleshing it out. That is Executing the hardest it, part. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. So. And so again, that kind of goes back to taking classes on craft and creative writing. If that is your your weakness. Like I said, my weakness is spelling a grammar. I know that. I know that going in, it always has been. And even though I have gotten better over the years, the more I've written, it's still, it's still where I struggle most as an author. So I know going into it that I, and I let my editors, any editor, I mean, my new, my new editor, when I was communicating back and forth with her, initially I told her, I said, my issues are spelling and grammar. There, my plots are are usually pretty strong. My storylines, all that kind of stuff. My flow, I don't have big issues with that. Minor spelling and grammar. So, being upfront about both not, not only with yourself, but also with your editor, um, what's your you know what your weaknesses are. Be honest about that. If you you know if your sentence structure sucks, then you know you need to know that and maybe figure out if there's a way that you can work on that and and work to improve that, or at least be conscious of it while you're writing, you know, why, you know, like, okay, well, you know, maybe I should kind of focus on my sentence structure when I go back and do my read through and see how everything is. Am I, am I using the same word to start my sentence over and over and over again? Um, You know, and also
1: the the other things that you need to make sure that your editor is picking up on like overly used words, weak, weak words, um, like just, just, you know, that type of thing (laughs) that, you know, the filler words, words that are unnecessary. Um, yeah, I remember
0: when I started writing, that was in my first couple of manuscripts just was, was the word, everything was just this, just that, yeah there were I don't even know how many just but it can be other things as well because I when I was with a small press um my editor and I were talking about a manuscript and she was she you know we were just kind of shooting the breeze and stuff and she was telling me she's like she's like yeah she's like your she's like your manuscript was so refreshing she said because the one I just got done editing she's like there were over 450 times the f-word was used oh gosh yeah (laughs) really he's like yeah (sighs) and the the author didn't want to take out any of them she's like you gotta pare this down you you cannot have 450 plus uses of the f-word you just can't um but you know
1: i i remember i remember that i knew that um Kate was a good editor when I got my corrections back from her and she was saying, using phrases like misplaced modifier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so she, I knew she knew what she was doing um, because, uh, you know, a misplaced modifier is a phrase or a clause that is placed awkwardly in a sentence and it modifies the wrong word, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just, and, it, and, it, and some of it is um, colloquial. You know, the the way that way that uh, you speak in whatever region you come from. But uh, so I would have to kind of fix, you know, go back and fix them. Thank God there weren't too many of them. But it's because she understood and and used the correct phraseology on Mm -hmm. how to to identify what was wrong. Um, I knew that she was a good editor at that point in time. Um, Kelly, um, Kelly, Shelley, she has just an innate ear. You know, for mm-hmm. for how the sentences should should flow and um, and just a natural way of catching the beat of a, you know and pacing of a story. Mm-hmm. So and she's usually really good about telling me that my um, Oxford commas are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know and that's another story is you know to oxford yeah. comma or to not oxford comma you know that is the question <laughs>
0: that yeah that is the question i guess we'll we'll uh, we'll leave it on uh we'll leave it on that note to oxford comma or to not well you can weigh in um and let us know if you're on youtube in the comments or you can head over to our website and leave a leave a comment over there and let us know Mm -hmm. are you an oxford comma fan or not um but i hope you all have enjoyed today's podcast and um we're recording this a little early but uh it will when it airs um i'm actually that's going to be my release week i will be releasing the next day so i have a new new book coming out i'm so excited it's gonna be my very first release in um of new content in about two years so i'm really excited about it i am so 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 excited
1: congratulations Uh,
0: um hopefully i'll be finished with
1: mine that i've owed to my readers forever so
0: you'll get it you'll get it so. It'll 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 get there. Life happens, and life life happened with me too. So, um, and I, well, I took me Excuse a lot to me for them. being,
1: you know, the sniffle queen. You know, the, today I had to. I thought I was going to have to sneeze. I actually even moved my mic out of the way and kind of looked up at the light. I was like, nope, not happening. So you saved it. You <laughs> yeah. saved
0: it. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and I hope you will tune in next week, uh, noon. Uh, eastern standard time on monday for the next episode of bound by books bye thank you for listening to the bound by books podcast for more information about the show and all of our hosts visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com and if you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe and leave a review